Hi, and welcome to the Cyclical Podcast. My name is Cassandra Wilder, and I'm a naturopathic doctor and a women's cyclical health expert. This podcast is a space where we demystify all of the bad hormone advice we've been given and instead get back down to the foundations. Your dream of regular, pain-free periods, balanced hormones, and vibrant energy is within reach. Join me and other incredible experts here every single Monday for conversations that are sure to be life-changing. Let's get started. With more and more women struggling with their thyroid health, it feels like there has never been a more important time to be talking about thyroid health, testing signs of a thyroid imbalance, and to give options on how to move forward. For those of you that are new here or may not know my story, in my early 20s, I began to exhibit signs of a thyroid imbalance. My hair was falling out, I was exhausted, I had heart palpitations, giant bags under my eyes, and I felt like I was 60 years old when I felt like I should have been full of energy and fun and having a great time, I felt like a shell of a human being. And ironically, all of this developed while I was in naturopathic school. When I finally went in and had my thyroid tested and found that I had an underactive thyroid, I remember feeling so confused, so overwhelmed, and frankly, afraid. Both of my parents have thyroid disorders, and so I immediately thought, about epigenetics and the fact that our lifestyle can turn on or off genes. So it takes away that blanket statement that, well, it runs in my family and I was just destined to have thyroid problems like my parents, and instead put that empowerment back in me to think, okay, so I have turned on the same genes that are affecting my parents and I want to reverse this and heal this. I'm young. I am open to changing my lifestyle. I'm open to doing whatever it takes. I'm not going to settle with this blanket statement that I was told by my doctor, which is there's nothing you can do and you need to be on meds the rest of your life. Medication sometimes is the best thing for a thyroid disorder. So please know that I'm not discounting that. And Dr. Vong definitely doesn't discount medication in this episode either. But because of my age and my lifestyle, I just knew that medication wasn't something I personally wanted to do. And so I really put my head down and began to research thyroid health, nutrients, minerals, and everything that could be negatively impacting my thyroid health. About a year later, when I had my thyroid tested again, everything was within range and it was a huge moment. I also kind of knew things were balancing because my hair had stopped falling out. I started to look a little more alive again and less like frail and aged. And it was incredible. I was in naturopathic school learning how to support the body and how to heal and to, I guess, be my own guinea pig and put what I was learning to the test personally felt really empowering and really, really amazing. So this episode really is for the woman who may have been diagnosed with a thyroid disorder or who may not, who maybe has a feeling something's going on with their thyroid, but maybe their tests are still coming back normal, or maybe they can't even get a doctor to run a thorough test. I hope that this episode reminds you that you have options and there's a lot to explore and Some people feel limited by this, some people feel empowered by it, but your lifestyle and what you eat and how you live does have a massive role in your thyroid health. And like Dr. Vong and I see every day, we see women who make these small but really, really important changes in their life and they do see improvements in their thyroid numbers. 
So let this feel empowering and exciting and affirming, especially if you've just been told your thyroid has problems, you should probably be on medication the rest of your life. That may be true. And it also could be true that whether or not you decide to do medication, these other factors can really, really help your thyroid along the way. In this episode, I got to interview the incredible Dr. Rochelle Vong. She's a licensed naturopathic doctor practicing in Toronto, Canada, and her passion and area of clinical focus includes thyroid disorders, specifically hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's thyroiditis, digestive health, and hormone imbalances. She also founded the Thyroid Reset Program, which is a four-month comprehensive thyroid program that has helped so many women, and she's really an expert in all things thyroid health. She's also just the kindest person and someone that if we lived in the same town, I know we'd be best friends. So I really, really loved getting to talk to her and learn from her because she is so excellent at what she does. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanna thank our amazing sponsor, Jubilance. They are an incredible company focusing on PMS relief for women. Jubilance for PMS is a clinically tried supplement that has been shown to reduce mood swings, stress, anxiety, and sadness during PMS. They've been recommended by countless doctors and tried by thousands of women. And I like this product because not only do they have the results from all of the women that have used the product, but they also have the science to show that they can make a big improvement in PMS symptoms. You can grab a bottle with $10 off with code cyclical at jubilance.com or go to the link in the show notes. And don't forget, you get a 30 day money back guarantee. So if it does not give you the relief that you're looking for, send them an email and get a full refund. Hi, Dr. Vong. It is so amazing to welcome you onto the podcast. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm so happy to be here. I am so glad you're here. I know this episode will be so full of really good information and hopefully connect some dots for so many women that have been diagnosed with a thyroid problem and feel like they were just handed medication and still don't even feel 100%. Yep. So common, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. So what is your story in specializing in thyroid health as a naturopathic doctor? What was your story like getting into naturopathic medicine, but then also were you struggling with your own thyroid health along the way? Yeah. So this is an interesting one because, um, you know, in university, I was kind of on the path of going into some sort of medical field. I knew I wanted to help people in the health space. So I kind of was like, dabbling into in everything. And then it was in my last year of um, university where I discovered naturopathic medicine. And it was almost like just everything aligned in terms of like my my values and my my perspective on health. And so I kind of just like went head on and pursued naturopathic medicine, which was amazing. But at the same time, I was going through my own health kind of trials and tribulations. So Near the end of my undergrad degree, I started developing anxiety and it was like, I still remember very, very vividly. It was actually after a food poisoning incident Hmm. and it was like, I guess a very traumatizing experience for me, but something went wrong where after that I just developed like debilitating anxiety and panic attacks, like so many panic attacks. 
um, daily even sometimes. So it was a really, really bad time for me. And I didn't know what was going on. Like, again, I hadn't entered naturopathic medicine yet. So I didn't really have the knowledge and the understanding to know what was going on with my health. So I did what, you know, everyone else does and they go to their doctor and I told them, hey, look, like I am missing exams. Like I am screwing up a school because I can't focus. I can't study. Like my anxiety is too overwhelming. Like what is going on? And the doctor literally told me it's part of being a student. This is normal. Wow. You just have to manage your stress better. <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me? Um, <clears throat> so I didn't really get much support and much guidance and they wouldn't even test like my thyroid, like they weren't really open to investigating the root causes of my anxiety. And then I actually entered naturopathic medicine medicine school. And that's when everything changed because now I was like, oh, wow, there's actually so much more than I than I thought. Like there's so much more than medication. There's, there's diet and there's lifestyle and there's like all these other factors that I haven't looked into and nobody has told me about. So it was kind of like a blessing that I was going through you know, naturopathic medical school at the same time of like figuring out my health issues. And so, um, yeah, that's basically how I really started to fall in love with, with this, um, this medicine, because it really helped me conquer my own health issues. And then once I did graduate and once I started, you know, practicing, I actually did focus a lot on mental health and anxiety because of my own, um, health issues. And then I was uh, working downtown Toronto, like kind of financial district. So a lot of, you know, um, business, like corporate people. And a lot of them were coming in with anxiety. A lot of them were coming in with, with fatigue. And a lot of them were women. So, you know, they too were dismissed by their doctors. And they were like, I don't know what's going on. And when we actually did the, like the investigative work, a lot of them had thyroid issues. A lot of them had undiagnosed hypothyroidism. So I was like, huh. This is interesting because I wasn't really looking for it. It's not like I was, um, you know, c- claiming that thyroid was like my niche, but I was starting to see a lot of women with thyroid issues. So it made me think like, you know, if this kind of small subset of people all have thyroid issues, I can't imagine like how many more women out there exist that have like undiagnosed or mismanaged hypothyroidism. So that's kind of when I started digging deeper and I really started to niche down and yeah, I, I, I always say like, I think, you know, thyroid health kind of found me. <laughs> and ever since then, like, it's just been a passion of mine to continue working with women with thyroid issues, because I know how, again, unsupported um, these women are in the conventional world, and how many gaps exist in the diagnosis and treatment of hypothyroidism. So that's kind of how I found it. It's so cool. It's we have such a similar story because that's how I specialized in women's health and hormones too. Is initially I was kind of going a different direction, but the demand was so huge and yeah, it just seemed like every woman I worked with had a hormone imbalance. Like you felt like mm-hmm. everywhere you looked someone was dealing with a thyroid imbalance. So I think that's really interesting. Yeah. So can you break down what the thyroid is and how it works and kind of give a deep dive into the the how of it all so that people feel informed and understanding yeah what the thyroid is and then essentially how can things go wrong yeah so essentially the thyroid gland is actually quite a small gland it sits at the base of our neck 
And it regulates our metabolism. It regulates a lot of processes in our bodies. And I don't think people realize the importance of our thyroid hormones and the impact that it really has on our health because our thyroid hormones really do affect literally every cell of our body. So when there's something that's wrong with our thyroid gland or we don't have enough thyroid hormones going through our bodies, like we can honestly experience symptoms from head to toe because of this. So our thyroid receives signals from our brain in the, in the form of TSH. And I know a lot of people recognize that, that term TSH, which stands for thyroid stimulating hormone. And that signal is then sent to the thyroid, and the thyroid will produce two major types of hormones, T4 and T3. So the majority of what we make is in T4, which is inactive, meaning that it doesn't really do anything. Um, but the T3 form of our thyroid hormones are the ones that are active. So these are the ones that go into our cells, and it turns our, on our metabolism. It regulates our weight, our temperature, our energy levels, um, and Again, if we don't have sufficient levels of T3 hormones in our cells, that's when we start experiencing hypothyroid symptoms like fatigue and weight gain and brain fog and hair loss. And again, the list goes on and on and on. So this is why our thyroid gland is so important to us because it literally regulates everything in our bodies. That makes sense. So it's why I guess when our thyroid feels off, everything <laughs> Everything exactly. feels off. Yeah. yeah. What percentage of women do you think are struggling with thyroid health? Oh my goodness. There is a stat being passed around. I, I can't tell you the very specifics of it. And I mean, you can weigh in on this because I'm sure you've seen this too, but it's like somewhere between like one in four, one in five women mm -hmm. somewhere on that have a thyroid issue. And that's just diagnosed. Um, but a lot more are walking around with an undiagnosed thyroid issue. And I think that's the, the bigger problem is that like, you know, a lot of women have the symptoms and they're struggling and they're experiencing all the things, but they're not getting the right support because they're not even getting diagnosed to begin with. So again, I'm not sure if that stat is correct. I just know it's a, it's a pretty significant proportion of the population. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot. That's 20 to 25%. But like you said, I think way more women are walking around with an undiagnosed thyroid issue. So for everyone listening then, can you break down the tell the tell all signs of a thyroid imbalance? Yeah, so there are quite a long list of symptoms, I would say, um, that can manifest if you have hypothyroidism, but for sure the top ones are fatigue. And we're not talking about like, you know, just like being tired, it's like exhaustion. So, you know, waking up in the morning, feeling exhausted, dragging your feet through the, throughout the day, feeling exhausted, going to bed exhausted. Like that's the level of exhaustion that um, women feel when they have a thyroid issue. Uh, weight gain or the inability to lose weight. It becomes very hard to regulate your metabolism when you don't have, again, sufficient thyroid hormones in your cells. Um, another one is brain fog. So feeling like you can't concentrate, um, you know, short-term memory loss sometimes. Like I know a lot of women, it's funny, actually, I have calls with some of these women and like midway through a sentence, they're like, I forgot what I was going to say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and this happens a lot. Um, so brain fog is quite prominent in, in women with hypothyroidism. Um, so is cold intolerance. So feeling really chilly all the time. Like you're the one in the, in the room, like the only one in the room wearing a sweater in the middle of summer. 
you know, Um, you're super cold all the time. You have brittle nails. Um, You might experience a ton of hair loss or hair thinning. Like, you know, every time you comb your hair, you see a ton of hair fall. Um, And even the shower, like this is a, it's, it's significant hair loss. It's not just like our normal amount of daily hair loss. It's like, it's quite significant. Like even clumps sometimes can fall when you have hypothyroidism. Um, what else? There's so, there's so many anxiety, Mm -hmm. depression, joint pain. Um, oh, constipation. So there's actually quite a lot of digestive symptoms that can manifest as well. Um, because when you have hypothyroidism, everything slows down, right? And that includes your your bowels. So a lot of women struggle with constipation and a lot of bloating as well. So as you can see, like it really can be full body symptoms, like from head to toe. Yeah. And I think that's why thyroid stuff is, is so hard to live with. Because like you said, you can't even think straight, your hair's falling out, you're cold, yeah. you're tired. Yeah. It's rough. It's so rough. And, you know, I I really feel for them because some of these symptoms can look like a lot of other conditions as well. Mm -hmm. And I find that like when they go to their doctors and they're expecting to get answers, you know, some doctors will just kind of assume and say, hey, look, maybe it's just anxiety. Here's an anxiety pill, right? Like just go take the pill or your period um, irregularities are not from your thyroid. It's just that, you know, your hormones are imbalanced. So here's a birth control pill. And so doctors are offering all these like band-aid solutions to symptoms that are actually at the root from their thyroid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just adds to the confusion. Like so many women that I've worked with, and I'm sure you see this too, they come to me and they're like, no, no, like my doctor tested and they said, I don't have a thyroid imbalance yet. Yeah, they check everything on the list. And I'm like, okay, well, well we're going to look a little deeper. <laughs> right. Yeah. I know a lot of the times we're talking about hypothyroidism. How often do you see hyperthyroidism or or an overactive thyroid? So in my practice, I would say it's not as common as hypothyroidism. Like definitely there's quite a a few people that do experience hyperthyroidism and or Graves disease, which is like the autoimmune version of hyperthyroidism. Um, But sometimes too, like hyperthyroidism can be like a, a state Right. So some people are in a temporary state of hyperthyroidism before they end up falling into hypo. So this is something that people don't quite understand sometimes is that you can fall into these like temporary transient states of thyroid disorders before falling into, you know, something like hypothyroidism. And usually the case being that most people end up kind of settling into hypo. But I would say like in my practice anyway, maybe only 10 to 15% of my patients have hyperthyroidism or graves. Um, And I would say that that's probably around the same in terms of the overall population. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I see usually as well. So uh, the million dollar question I think everyone is wondering is why is everyone struggling with their thyroid? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a great, great question. And I would say like the incidence of hypothyroidism in Hashimoto's has definitely climbed and and grown tremendously over the decades. And I can probably say it's, it's attributed to a lot of our lifestyle and environmental factors. Right. So our environment, um, being, you know, what we're exposed to. So, not just in our home, but like what we put on our skin, like our makeup products and our, um, cleaner cleansers and you know all the things like there's a lot of 
a lot more toxins now in our environment that can really harm our hormones and not just our thyroid hormones, but even our sex hormones. And so with the increase in like production of all these products, I think that we're just like surrounded by and exposed to so many endocrine disruptors and toxins in our environment. And that really, again, wrecks our thyroid and wrecks our metabolism. So yeah, there's that aspect. And then stress, like stress is a huge one. And, you know, not just like mental, emotional stress, but even like physical stressors. I find a lot of people don't really understand or under underestimate the impact that stress can have on our bodies and especially our thyroid. And so I find that like in recent years or recent decades, like the amount of stress that people carry and the experience has has grown with the demands of like society and work and, and responsibilities and especially for women who wear so many different hats right like mothers and partners and career women like it's it's a lot to juggle and so i do find that there is a correlation um with with stress and in our environment and even our diet like the food we eat now is is kind of crap yeah <laughs> right like um Unfortunately, like the North American diet contains a lot of things that are extremely inflammatory and can wreck our guts and all of that plays into how our thyroid functions. So it's really not surprising to me that we've seen such a high incidence of hypothyroidism nowadays. Yeah, it's quite a blend of all this stuff going on. Like like you said, the stuff in our environment, our food, stress, it's kind of like a perfect cocktail for imbalances. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard though, because sometimes I think that overwhelms people, you know, when they're like, great, well, the food I eat is bad for me and the perfume I love is bad for me. And, you know, it's, it, I feel like sometimes people are like, well, oh well, then I guess I'm just going to have thyroid problems. How do you, I guess, help make it feel more empowering for people and, and give them more hope with that versus feeling like there's no point? Yeah, I, I, I totally hear that. And my mission, if you will, like I've always been about empowerment through knowledge, right? Like this is why I, I kind of do what I do. I love to teach. I love to um, educate my my patients about what things are doing to their bodies and all that. And at the end of the day, like we're not perfect. We can never be perfect. Um, and, you know, depending on where you live too, like you can't necessarily change our environment that we're in. But I think with the awareness and the understanding, like we can still make better decisions for ourselves each and every day, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and like, sometimes people don't realize that it's the small things, like the smallest changes that you can make. And it, it doesn't mean you have to completely wipe out your pantry and start over. Like it's the small things, like drinking more water, taking more time for yourself, going for a walk, like, these are the things that honestly make a huge, huge, huge difference in how you feel and your health overall. So I think that we need to remember that we can go back to the foundations. We go back to the basics and just work on one little thing every day. And that's already a step forward, you know, towards um, feeling better. Yeah, I think that is so key what you just said. It's the little tiny adjustments we make. You don't have to overhaul your whole life overnight. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about Hashimoto's? Because I don't think a lot of people know about Hashimoto's or understand how prevalent that really is and how that plays into the bigger picture of thyroid problems. Yeah. So the interesting thing is that 90% or up to 90% of women 
with hypothyroidism actually have Hashimoto's. And for those of you who don't know, Hashimoto's is essentially an autoimmune disease that attacks the thyroid. So it means that your body has created antibodies against your thyroid tissue. The two main thyroid antibodies that you know we usually like to check in blood work is antithyroid peroxidase or anti-TPO for short and anti-thyroid globulin or anti-TG for short. So these are the two tests that I like to run with my patients to really determine whether they have Hashimoto's. So if either one is elevated, we technically call it Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And the bigger picture of all this is that it's more than just what's happening at the level of your thyroid now. It is an immune system issue. So your immune system is now dysregulated for whatever reason. Um, and this is a very inflammatory response. Like the autoimmune response is a very inflammatory one. So there's a lot of inflammation. There's a lot of damage being done. And so when it comes to treating Hashimoto's, it really does take a different approach because we have to assess or address the immune system. This is how we address um, your symptoms. This is how we start bringing down the thyroid antibodies. And with all of that, then your thyroid hormones can regulate right? But it's, again, more than just looking at the thyroid. We have to look very holistically at this point because there are so many drivers of immune system dysregulation. Like we have to look at all the things that could be the reasons why um, your immune system is dysregulated in the first place. Totally. That was such a great synopsis of Hashimoto's. And it just further proves how maddening it is that some, I shouldn't say some, most doctors only test TSH. It is probably the most frustrating thing about what I do <laughs> because obviously like we as practitioners, like we want the best for our patients and we want to get to the bottom of, you know, what's going on. And in order to do that, like we, we do have to have their medical team on board, especially when it comes to testing. And, you know, and I get it though. I get it. And, and for those of you who are frustrated, who are listening and are like, so frustrated, we have to also understand that from a conventional standpoint, they it doesn't matter to them. Like it truly doesn't. Whether you have Hashimoto's or not, for them, the treatment is exactly the same. So mm -hmm. even if they were to test their thyroid antibodies and even if it is positive, for them, it's like, well, you're on level thyroxine or synthroid anyways, and that doesn't change. So for True. them, like there is no reason for them to test. There's no reason them to even retest. So even if your endocrinologist or your GP does do the test for you and it is positive, they have absolutely no reason to retest it because as I mentioned, it does not change their treatment. So mm -hmm. from that perspective, like I understand why they're so resistant to doing the testing. It's just very unfortunate because for what we do as naturopathic and functional doctors, it makes all the difference, right? It completely changes the approach. It, it allows us to really understand why you're, you're feeling the way you are so that we can actually apply treatments and protocols to address that. Yes. Very well said. And that was so compassionate towards <laughs> other practitioners because that that's really so true. Like you said, at the end of the day, their treatment is going to be medication. They're not right. going to look at your gut health. They're probably not going to investigate much further. So Right. That's very valid. Yeah. Why would they test more? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So since you talked about Hashimoto's and the autoimmune component, how do you weave in gut health when you are working with a patient and, you know, say she comes to you specifically because of her thyroid, how do you then start to 
I guess, zoom out with that patient to really look at all the different layers and help them find balance by not just focusing on the thyroid. Yeah. So when it comes to gut health specifically, like it is a really, really big area of focus when it comes to Hashimoto's because our gut is so intricately connected to our immune system. So when we have like gut inflammation or we have leaky gut or we have dysbiosis, you better believe that it is impacting your thyroid in some way. So we have to kind of dissect that and look at all the different components of gut health and understand for this specific person, what is it exactly that is again driving that immune system dysregulation? And what is it exactly that's causing this block on their thyroid function? And for some, it could be a gut infection. So I, I run stool tests sometimes for people, like comprehensive stool tests to see if there's any dysbiosis, if there's an imbalance in their bacteria, if they have parasites, um, you know, things like that. We'll, we'll look into that. And if there is something, then we have to address it and fix it because a gut infection is um, oftentimes linked to autoimmunity and especially Hashimoto's. So that's something I will look at. Other things is like even just digestive function. Like, do you produce enough stomach acid? Are you producing enough digestive enzymes? Like, are you even breaking down your foods and extracting the right nutrients from it? And this is why you might have nutrient deficiencies. So um, we look at that aspect. And then also the microbiome. So there is so much research and it's so amazing actually how much research is available now on the gut and on the microbiome, and especially when it comes to thyroid health, it's really, really cool stuff. But we know now that there is so much of a relationship between the diversity and the composition of our gut bacteria and how well our thyroid functions. And so, again, if there's any imbalances there, like that's something that we'll have to address no matter what. Um, so I have to kind of, you know, through some intake and through testing, like can, we can really determine where along that spectrum, um, there needs to be some focus and attention. And so, yeah, but I would say like pretty much every single person that comes into my practice or my program, um, who has Hashimoto's, there's going to be some element of, of gut healing, you know, just because of the fact that it's so, so connected. Yeah. And honestly, probably everyone needs gut help in general. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. I think that is like such an art as a practitioner to be able to help patients zoom out and see the bigger picture of their health, because usually whether it's a thyroid problem or high estrogen or whatever, like usually mm -hmm. that's not actually what we're going to address mm -hmm. when you zoom out a few layers. Yeah. You're like you said, you're looking at the gut or you're looking at the liver or yeah. the basic things like digestion or are you eating enough? And yeah. yeah. And that makes our medicine so cool honestly, because yeah. of the fact that like we can piece all these things together and we can take that like zoomed out approach. Like not a lot of practitioners can do that or has the knowledge to be able to piece all the things together. So that's why like, I'm so proud of like our medicine and how we can really help people by taking this much more holistic, comprehensive approach to treating their health issues. Yeah. Naturopathic medicine is so cool. <laughs> We might be biased, but it's the best. <laughs> so what kind of basic tools do you give people who are dealing with, say, hypothyroidism and likely Hashimoto's feel like they've tried to go the conventional route? Maybe they've been given some medication, but they still don't even feel 100% with that. What would be some fundamental things that could help most women? Yeah. So really going back to the basics. 
I like to do kind of like a full sweep of my my patient's health and we really start like at the bottom. So like you said before, like, are you even eating enough, right? Are you nourishing your body? Because when you have a thyroid issue, um, you know, you really need to ensure that calorically you're meeting your body's demands to produce energy and to produce hormones. And so a lot of these women, and it's unfortunate because, you know, with people with, who have hypothyroidism often struggle with weight, right? Like they, they have a lot of weight gain or they can't lose weight easily. And what's being told by their doctors and, you know, everywhere in the weight loss industry is that they have to start eating less and they have to start restricting their calories. And so these women will often do that and do that long term. And what's that, what that's really doing is actually harming their thyroid and their metabolism even more. And so a lot of the work that I do is kind of like undoing some of these things and and really helping them to realize that instead of restriction, we have to be nourishing, right? So everything that we do at the beginning is all about nourishment. How can we nourish your thyroid? How can we nourish your body again? So part of that is you know, making sure that you're eating a well-balanced diet, that you're eating enough, that you're getting fruits and vegetables in your day, like simple things like that. And I, I want to say simple, but some for some people, it's not simple, <laughs> right? Um, it, it still requires effort. And I understand that. But sometimes like that's where we start. It doesn't have to be some fancy protocol. It doesn't have to be some fancy supplement. Just looking at the basics is already a great, great start. <clears throat> and even furthermore to that, it's like, sleep, right? A lot of people are not sleeping enough. Like they're getting five, six hours a night, maybe um, broken sleep even. And that can really harm your thyroid. Like there's studies out there showing that, you know, chronic sleep deprivation can decrease your thyroid function, even if you don't have a thyroid issue. So just working on that and making sure you're, you're nourishing your body in that respect as well. So um, yeah, I would say like the, that's kind of where I'd start with a lot of my patients is looking at the foundation. So eating, sleeping, stress, you know, time for yourself. Yeah. And I feel like no one wants to hear that. <laughs> They're like, no, but where's the supplement? Like, where's that I special know. thing? Yeah. And I mean, supplements are great. Like, you know, there's a lot of really good research now on the use of specific vitamins and nutrients and herbs for hypothyroidism. But I would absolutely not start there because if you are not eating, you know, enough, if you're not eating a well-balanced diet, if you're not sleeping eight hours a night, if you're not well managing, you're managing your stress well, then these supplements will only barely scratch the surface. You're not going to feel better at all. I think we need to put that on a billboard <laughs> that like, yeah, supplements are cool. But yeah, if you're missing those basics, which... We can, I mean, I'm, you know, I have a one-year-old, so like I'm still having interrupted mm, sleep. Right. There are days that probably I'm not nourishing myself as much as I need to. And, you know, it's like, we have to start with those basic foundations. Otherwise we're just wasting money on all these expensive supplements. Exactly. And I think it's because also in our society, we're so used to like a pill for every ill, you know? So we kind of expect maybe some like natural medicine to work the same way, but it, it's, we have to get away from that thinking because it's not serving us. It's not helping us. And to the only way forward really is again, to just go back to our foundations of health. Exactly. So let's say someone's listening to this and they're like, okay, but I really am hitting the nail on the head with these foundations. Um, for example, I know a lot of people ask me about iodine. Mm -hmm. So I'd be curious to hear your opinions on that. 
Yeah. So iodine is a tricky one because it's, it's quite controversial, mm-hmm. but there is actually quite clear research now to say that, especially for women who have Hashimoto's, iodine supplementation might not necessarily be beneficial because <clears throat> at high doses of iodine, um, it's been shown to actually increase inflammation. It can accelerate thyroid cell damage. It can facilitate or, or perpetuate the autoimmune problem. So for a lot of women with Hashimoto's, iodine might not actually be what's best for them unless, and the only caveat to that is unless they have a known deficiency. And so, you know, there are tests out there that you can do to see what your iodine levels are. Um, you know, mind you, they're not the greatest, but it's something. So if you want, if you were curious and you suspect an iodine deficiency, then, you know, you can test for it. And if you are truly deficient, then I would say, great. We want, we want to make sure that we correct that deficiency. But a lot of people nowadays are not iodine deficient. And it's because it's like fortified in our foods. It's like, it's basically everywhere. And so a lot of developed countries don't really experience iodine deficiency. Um, so yeah, that's kind of why it's a bit outdated now, this whole recommendation that, you know, anyone with a thyroid issue should be on iodine, uh, because that's not really the case anymore. Yeah, it is one of those things that, like you said, now we can see that usually it's not necessary, but every time, you know, I see a new thyroid supplement being advertised or something, it always has iodine in it. And I'm always. like, how frustrating, <laughs> right? Like, what is this doing to people that, yeah, do have Hashimoto's and don't have a deficiency? That's kind of scary. Right. And I, I also think that like practitioners across the board, medical functional, naturopathic, like everyone needs to be updated with this research because I'm still, I still get patients in the door that um, have been told by their doctors to take like 900 micrograms of iodine a day. Oh my Lord. (laughs) I know. And I'm just like, please don't do this. Please don't. (laughs) Yikes. That's all I have to say about that is yikes. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, a selenium is another one that I hear a lot about. Do you sometimes suggest that as a supplement or do you usually recommend that from food sources like Brazil nuts? Yeah. So I love selenium. <laughs> so when we're talking about supplements, my, my most favorite supplement for sure in the thyroid space is selenium because of all the amazing benefits that it has on the thyroid. And also one of the great things about selenium is that it is beneficial for all thyroid conditions. So it doesn't even have to be hypothyroidism and also can be helpful for hyperthyroidism and graves and even thyroid nodules. So there's a definitely a benefit for selenium, but I'm of the mindset of like, you know, I really want to make sure that my patients are taking the therapeutic dose of selenium and any supplement really, um, to get the benefit that is indicated in the research. So when you try to get it through food sometimes, so for example, Brazil nuts, right? A, A lot of people eat the Brazil nuts because of the selenium content, we don't necessarily know what's like how much selenium is in each of these nuts because they obviously vary in size. And so, you know, if we really want to make sure that we're trying to get some sort of therapeutic benefit, I would say, you know, supplementation is always the best choice in that sense um, because we know what we're putting in our bodies. So I am always talking to people about testing and telling them the six hormones that they really need to urge their doctor to test. But will you share those here just so everyone can take note of that? Of course. Yeah. So 
you know, when we talk about a full thyroid panel, there are six tests in mind. And, and it's really important that when you go to your doctor's office, like you really push for these tests because it honestly gives us the best um, picture of like what's really going on. So test number one, TSH. So again, that brain hormone, thyroid stimulating hormone. Number two, free T4. Number three, free T3. Number, what is it? Number four, <laughs> um, antithyroid globulin. Number five, antithyroid peroxidase or anti-TPO. And the last one is reverse T3. So these six tests are super important. And oftentimes when you go to your doctor and you ask for a full thyroid panel, doctors will only maybe do one or two at most. And it's usually TSH and free T4. But as I mentioned, it really doesn't give us the full, full picture of what is going on. So it's really important that you push to get all six tests done. Absolutely. What do you say to people who say reverse T3 doesn't matter? Okay, so it's interesting <laughs> because when I first started um, in practice, I was testing a lot of reverse T3 and I was like, no, it's so important. You have to do it. But, you know, as I've been doing this now for, for quite some time, I am realizing that it's one of those tests that really helps to confirm a few things and it does provide information, but it is probably one of the least important tests of the six. And I say that because, you know, even when it's high, when reverse T3 is high, it, like I said, it just confirms things that we might already know. And when I do testing, you know, it's not just the thyroid test that I do. I do a lot of other things. Like I look at inflammatory markers. I look at nutrients. I look at hormones. So I already have quite a full picture of what's going on. And so reverse T3 is just one of those things like, okay, yeah, that makes sense why it's elevated because this and this is also going on. So I don't necessarily always need it to understand what's happening, but it's really helpful just to confirm what I think is going on. That's a great explanation of it. Yeah, because some people on both sides are really up in arms about it. So I was interested to hear what you said. Yeah. And like I said, I mean, I used to be of the of the camp that like, no, you have to <laughs> test it, right? Because you have to understand what's happening. And yeah, it's great to do it if you can, you know, if you have access to it. So sure, you should do it. But if you don't, it's really not the end of the world. Well, this conversation has been so amazing. I hope this really connected dots for a lot of people. And I'm sure a lot of people listening are interested in your work and wanting to see how they can connect with you. So where is the best place for everyone to find you? And do you have any special things going on right now? Yeah, so I am I live on Instagram. So please do connect with me on Instagram. My handle is at Dr. Vong ND. Um, and I post there almost daily free content all around thyroid health. Um, I do offer a program, a four-month comprehensive thyroid program called the Thyroid Reset System. This is how I've been able to help so many women with hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's start to really reclaim their energy and lose weight more effortlessly and really help to improve all their hypothyroid symptoms by taking a very comprehensive approach to their health. Um, I also have a free Facebook group called Natural Support for Hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's. It's a great community there with the thousands of women. Um, so you feel free to, to follow me there as well. But um, yeah, that's where you can find me. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And for everyone listening, if you love this episode, find Dr. Rochelle and I on Instagram, tag us if you love this episode and send this to a friend who is going through some stuff with their thyroid. <laughs> <laughs>
send this to a friend who is going through some stuff with their thyroid and may need a little extra support. So thank you so much for being here and we will see you here next week.